Hey, it's Latif from Radio Lab. Our goal with each episode is to make you think, how did I live this long and not know that? Radio Lab, adventures on the edge of what we think we know. Listen wherever you get podcasts. About a year ago, a high schooler named Gracie Cunningham posted a video to her TikTok. Gracie's videos look a lot like a typical Gen Z TikTok feed. Little snippets of her daily life and hobbies, showing off her meals, doing all these little TikTok dance challenges with her family and friends. And this video started off pretty much the same. She's putting on makeup, looking directly at the camera. And then Gracie starts talking about math. I was just doing my makeup for work, and I just wanted to tell you guys about how I don't think math is real. And I know that, like, it's real because we all, like, learn it in school or whatever. But who came up with this concept? And you're like, Pythagoras. But how? How did he come up with this? She even rips Pythagoras a new one. He was living in, like, the, I don't know, whenever he was living. But it was not now where you can, like, have technology and stuff, you know? Like, he didn't even have plumbing. And he was like, let me worry about y equals mx plus b. Which, first of all... How would you even figure that out? How would you, like, start on the concept of algebra? Like, what did you need it for? This video about Gracie's gripe with math went viral. And not in a good way. Today, it's got 1.6 million hits. And many millions more people saw it when it got posted to Twitter. And a lot of these people called her idiotic. Dumb. But it wasn't just Twitter trolls weighing in. She also got some solid support from places she probably did not expect. Because Gracie? She spoke the unspoken. A lot of us who were subjected to algebra as kids were probably wondering the same thing. Where did this come from? And why do you need it? And also, why is this happening to me? Or at least, some of us. And then, a few weeks ago, we got an email. Also asking about the algebra thing. From Chad. I was doing my homework today, and I wondered what the history of algebra was. So for Chad and Gracie, where algebra came from. And is it even real? From Science Friday, this is Science Fiction. I'm Johanna Mayer. Today, we're talking about algebra. Over a thousand years ago, a man named Muhammad ibn Musa al-Khwarizmi was living in Baghdad. We don't know a lot about his early life. Most sources say he was Persian, although he was so cool that everybody tries to claim this guy. Because al-Khwarizmi was one of those super impressive ancient polymaths you hear about. He did astronomy and geography and math. He did it all. And around the year 820, Al-Kharizmi wrote a very practical book, kind of like a recipe book for solving real-world, everyday math problems. So, for instance, if, if, if a woman dies and she has an estate, she has money and, you know, valuables that she can leave, her husband, according to the law, gets a quarter of her estate and the rest goes to her children. Stephen Strogatz is a professor of applied mathematics at Cornell. So three quarters then go to the children, in which case, if there are sons and daughters, the sons get twice as much as the daughters. You can see how this would get complicated fast. 
easier if you gave your daughters an equal inheritance, but I digress. So, you know, it's starting to sound like a word problem. (laughs) Except it's a real thing because every time someone has an estate to pass on, you have to calculate how much does each person get. And the book had so much more. It had guides to calculating salaries, divvying up land, calculating volumes, just about any kind of math you might need in your day-to-day life. The book was called, and I do apologize in advance for butchering this pronunciation, but it's Kitab al-Jabar wa-Mukabala, or The Compendious Book on Calculation by Completion and Balancing. Did you catch that word, al-Jabar? Al is a common Arabic prefix. It just means the. And Jabar means restoration of something missing or reunion of broken parts. The word would eventually be used to talk about actual, literal bones. So if someone has a broken bone, you would go to an algebrista. The algebrista is the bone setter. Algebra comes from reunion of broken parts. Now, they could be broken bones, but they could also be broken parts of an equation. And that's actually the word's original meaning. That term, aljabar, probably first referred specifically to the method of solving quadratic equations. And if you've ever solved a quadratic equation, perhaps in eighth grade math, it might kind of make sense. Like, maybe you start by moving all the x's onto one side of that equal sign, reuniting them. Maybe? That's my guess. Now, people have been doing what we'd call algebra and solving quadratic equations long before al-Kharizmi. I mean, it's a very old subject, so I don't want to imply that it's beginning with Al-Khwarizmi in 800 AD. There's, it goes back probably like 3,000 years earlier than that. Steve's being a little conservative. It's probably more like 4,000 years. But Al-Khwarizmi laid down the foundational rules for the algebra that we recognize today. And he was at the right place at the right time. He's working in Baghdad, which was the great center of learning around 800 AD in the so-called House of Wisdom, which was at the time the the top of the intellectual world, literally in the world. I mean, that was the hottest place to be if you were a scholar in 800 AD. So, (laughs) It's like the hip intellectual (laughs) hangout spot. (laughs) You had to be there in Baghdad, be there or be square. Good one, Steve. Hi, folks. I'd like to redo my TikTok about how math is not real, and I would like to be smart this time because <laughs> I didn't know that was going to go viral. After her original TikTok, Gracie got a lot of heat. But a few days later, she posted another video. My first question is how did people know what they were looking for when they started theorizing about formulas, because I wouldn't know what to look for if I'm making up math. But there was something else Gracie was wondering about. It wasn't just math. It was the response she was getting. Like, yeah, people were mean on Twitter. That's to be expected. But after the waves of ridicule, some other voices started chiming in. Voices that Gracie was not expecting to hear from. Why did a physicist who's followed by Barack Obama retweet me? It kind of sounds like Grace is crying here, but she's actually laughing. Why are the only people who are disagreeing with me the ones who are dumb and the physicists and mathematicians are agreeing with me? It seemed to me her questions were 
were wonderful. I mean, they were really philosophically and historically interesting, important questions. We love the question she was asking, where does our subject come from? And the genuineness with which she was asking. I mean, it really seemed like sincere puzzlement on her part. Steve has lots of company on this take. PhD students, famous physicists, mathematicians. And I felt moved instantly to write a response. Eugenia Chang. She's a mathematician and scientist in residence at the School of the Art Institute of Chicago. I was so drawn to the strength of her feeling, the honesty um, with which she wrote about her struggles with math and her frustrations with it. Eugenia wrote a two-page response to Gracie's questions, published it online. To Gracie's first question... How did people know what they were looking for when they started theorizing about formulas? Eugenia says it's all about noticing patterns in the world, trying to understand them. And formulas are just a way to write down those patterns, except use numbers and symbols instead of words. And question two... Once they did find these formulas, how did they know that they were right? Really good question. Eugenia says that, well, a lot of math is actually about figuring out what's right, using a system of logic, and then sometimes realizing a formula you think is right is only right sometimes. And then to question three. Why is everyone being really mean to me on Twitter? (laughs) I could have told you the answer to this one, but Eugenia says people on Twitter like to do that, especially to young women. They build themselves up by tearing others down. But mathematicians, they like hard questions like Gracie's. In the reaction to Eugenia's letter... Oh gosh, it was very heartfelt. And I had so many people write to me and say that they were crying. And that it was men and women, actually, who people just said things like that I'm sitting in my car in the parking lot crying because for the first time, I feel like someone has made me feel I wasn't stupid all along for wanting to ask those questions. With her TikTok video, Gracie accidentally waded into an old philosophical question in math, one that a lot of mathematicians think about all the time. Is math real? Is math discovered or invented? Are there pure mathematical truths out there that exist independently of humans and our thoughts and language in our brains? Or do we shape numbers and formulas to fit our world? And when you hear mathematicians talk about that question, it doesn't even sound like math at all. At least, not the math I learned in school. Eugenia says she feels like, yeah, the ideas math is describing are very real. They are things that exist in the world. And I'm wandering through a landscape looking for them. And that I'm just a tiny little creature peering into this amazing jungle of wildlife and things that were there before me and will be there after me. But then I have to figure out a way as a human being to study them, to reason with them, to talk about them with other human beings. And that's the part that I feel that I come up with. From one point of view, it seems obvious that math is invented. These are inventions in the same way that poetry is an invention or music is an invention or language. You know, I mean, language doesn't live out there in the real world. It's not like a rock that you find. And so it seems very defensible 
I mean, it may be the only defensible position to say that, of course, mathematics is a human artifact. But in my heart of hearts, I don't really want to believe that. And, and most, <laughs> most practicing mathematicians, I think it's fair to say, believe that they're discovering math, that it's got this, there's this uncanny feeling when you're doing math that it's out there. When I think back to my high school math classes, my mind just goes blank. Like I am staring at a white wall. And like, sure, you can tell me that y equals 5x plus 3, that represents a straight line, and I can memorize it. But I will also promptly forget it right after the test. But hearing the way that Steve and Eugenia talk about math, about the creativity and the discovery and the philosophy, it actually sounds sort of exciting. And it all comes down to the kinds of questions you're asking. Not just what is X, but questions like Gracie's. They're the whole point of mathematics. They're what drives mathematics. And I think that math has this reputation of being really useful for solving specific problems. And it's true, that is also useful. But what has driven the development of mathematics across centuries of human endeavor is posing these big questions of why and things like what is zero what how how is a thing representing nothing what does that mean and that does lead to amazing developments like calculus so that we can do things like have electricity and somehow those those applications those very direct applications are so much more visible and so much easier to quantify that we end up focusing on that instead of realizing that at the root before that, there was this quest for understanding that started it all off. Thank you to Chad, our listener who wrote in asking about where algebra came from. As always, if you have a question, leave us a voicemail. The number is 929-499-WORD. That's 929-499-9673. Or you can always send us an email at podcasts at sciencefriday.com. This episode was produced by me, Johanna Mayer, and me, Lauren Young. Our editor and senior producer is me, Ella Fetter. Our composer is me, Daniel Peterschmidt. We had fact-checking by Dania Abdulhamid. Nadia Ortelt is our chief content officer. And when we originally pitched Science Diction as a show to her, she had some questions. Who came up with this concept? And you're like, Pythagoras. But how? We're back in two weeks. Be there or be square.